0: Back in the USSR, Russia's Stalin-esque crackdown on journalism smacks of the Soviet era. Life during wartime, in exile. Everything is blocked, everything is banned. A journalist flees Russia and shares her story. And tick-tock, boom. The Ukrainian influencer blowing up social media one post at a time. Hello, I'm Richard Gisbert and you're at The Listening Post, where we don't cover the news, we cover the way the news is covered. We begin with what remains of independent journalism in Vladimir Putin's Russia, where the mere mention of the word war in relation to Ukraine can land you in prison for up to 15 years. Where social media platforms have been squeezed or completely blocked. News outlets have been shut down, journalists have fled the country and where citizens seeking objective coverage of the Ukraine story have been left high and dry. As Russia gets slapped with more sanctions, its reliance on Western technologies has been exposed. Its push to replace them with tech developed at home has been accelerated. This invasion, Russia was not an easy place to cover news. For some, it was already a dangerous business to be in. But what has happened since the invasion has been devastating for journalism there. Our starting point this week is Lubyanka Square in Moscow. This is what an information war looks like when it hits the streets. Police in Moscow's Lubyanka Square. Wrapped in body armor, seizing the phones of citizens, searching for evidence of resistance. Telltale social media content about the war in Ukraine that can land people in prison. It's doom scrolling, Russian style.
1: Moscow is one of the most surveilled cities in the world. It has an incredible system of facial recognition technology. And if you are to go out uh, into the streets when you know that you will be punished for it, when it's your phone taken and everything's including
2: your contacts
1: and everything else, yeah, it's chilling.
2: All this is so draconian, this approach is not sustainable long-term. And the more extreme measures uh, uh, of policing and censorship the government is using, the more we should recognize it as a sign of
0: weakness. It's as though there are two Russias, old and young, online and offline. Those who get their news from social media, which the authorities are now out to control, and the older generation that relies on television channels and talking heads that do the Kremlin's bidding. The messaging is holding out depending on the social um, demographic that it's aimed at. So those who are pensioners, who rely on state TV, like First Channel, like Russia, Devata, Titiri, it's holding out for them. So they don't understand that this is an invasion of the whole
3: of
1: Ukraine.
3: If we are talking about the Russian propagandists, there is Vladimir Salavyev, Dmitry Kiselyov, Margarita Simanov. Olga Skabieva and many, many others. It is absolutely every presenter on Russian
2: TV.
3: People who, for years, have been nurtured by Russian power. They bribed actors, they bribed comedians, they bribed bloggers. They did everything they could to create an illusion of absolute support for the military operation.
1: Just listen to the stories of uh, Ukrainians who are calling their relatives back um, in Russia, trying from their bomb shelters to tell them what's going on, and they're not buying their stories because they believe what they're seeing on Russian TV. This did not happen overnight. This is the result of decades of just complete brainwashing and bombardment of the most um, spectacular, unbelievable, unhinged propaganda.
0: Anyone calling the war in Ukraine what it is, a war, as opposed to the Kremlin's Orwellian term, a special military operation, is now at risk of 15 years behind bars. That new law applies to foreign journalists as well and has effectively paralyzed their outlets operating in Russia. Normally uh, based in Moscow, but since the Kremlin shut down our bureau then revokes accreditation. with television brought to heel long ago, the authorities used to tolerate a few independent news outlets, in print and online. That is no longer the case. Dodged, a news channel that lived on YouTube, and the radio station Eka Moskvi, are now out of business. Many of their journalists have fled the country.
1: Independent media outlets in Russia brought an alternative point of view. They brought a little bit of a breathing space. But now it's back to the USSR, but back to the kind of the Stalinist era. It was incredible to see Echo Moskvi, one of the most iconic radio, independent radio stations in Russia, shut down. So um, yes, that space has been squeezed to its absolute limits.
0: Moving into that space are Kremlin-backed campaigns like the emergence of the letter Z, which is now used by Russians to signal their support for the invasion. The letter does not even exist in the Russian alphabet and it bears uncomfortable similarities to the Nazi symbol. Online, the authorities have blocked Facebook, partially jammed Twitter and intimidated TikTok, which no longer allows Russians to upload material. Citizens can still use VPNs to circumvent the new measures or messaging apps such as Telegram to get the word out for now. But the authorities are weaning Russians off their addiction to big tech platforms born in Silicon Valley, USA. And gradually, a media space that looks more like China's is taking shape. In
2: 2018, the Russian media regulator uh, tried to ban uh, the Telegram. But they had to lift the ban because it was really hurting Russian businesses. And there are numerous businesses in Russia created around monetization of YouTube and Instagram. Technologically, Russia is absolutely not prepared for any kind of sovereign internet.
0: I think um, it would be um doable to decouple from Western technology platforms. The best developers and the best coders in the world tend to come from Russian universities, and they've been developing their own platforms and their own clones. They rip off Western products, and in some cases, they make them better.
3: So they have the know-how, certainly in technology. But what is even more scary is that Russia can turn off the internet. It is quite a realistic scenario. The authorities can make an intranet, a trimmed internet, in which all information is filtered. And then no VPN can help you. Nothing will help you. However, to take these steps right now is quite difficult, and it depends how far the government is prepared to go in order to continue covering up the truth. Michael Naki
0: is one of the journalists who has fled Russia. He has a show on YouTube with more than 400,000 subscribers. Naki did not wait for the invasion to leave Moscow. He saw what was coming. He has set up shop in Tbilisi, Georgia, which means Naki can still cover the story, speak his mind.
3: Those journalists who have fled abroad, they lose everything. They lose their house, their family, the opportunity to make a living. But they continue to try to tell the citizens of Russia what is happening. Because now the whole world is watching the reaction of Russian citizens. As long as it is possible to speak, we will try to speak. And when things become more difficult, we will use typewriters. We will print our information and send it out.
0: The printed word is no match for news channels that reach millions of Russians at the flip of a switch, a click on a keyboard. They are the dominant domestic weapons Vladimir Putin has in this information war. The Ukrainian president, Knows that, and on Thursday, Volodymyr Zelensky warned the pseudo-journalists who populate those studios in Moscow that one day somebody will come for them.
3: Those who are uncooperative, impossible without propagandists who cover them, you will be held accountable in the same as all those who order the dropping of bombs. You will be denounced by the people of Russia. All of you. A message
0: for the Kremlin's messengers, another one that will fail to reach the audience it's really intended for, the Russian people. While many countries have spoken out against the invasion of Ukraine, one of Russia's major trading partners, China, has remained officially neutral. But the media output from there tells a different story. Flo Phillips is here with more.
4: Richard, the Chinese administration is, at least publicly, staying impartial, promoting peace talks abstaining from the UN vote and putting out statements like this from its foreign ministry, all about respecting and safeguarding the sovereignty and territorial integrity of all countries. But that's not what we're seeing on Chinese media. CCTV, the state-owned broadcaster, accessible to more than one billion viewers, referred to the Russian invasion not as a war, but as a special military operation. Sound
1: familiar? That's
4: terminology made in the Kremlin now coming out of Beijing. Then there are the repeated false claims that President Zelensky had fled the Ukrainian capital. Or this past Monday, that Washington had funded the development of biological weapons in Ukrainian labs. All that gets posted and reposted in China's enclosed social media ecosystem, where, according to a leaked directive, media outlets were told to avoid posting, quote, anything unfavorable to Russia or pro-Western. That plays out in content like this, a video of Russian soldiers sharing food with Ukrainian children, or this image doing the rounds, comparing the devastation of US bombing in Syria with a seemingly serene and peaceful scene in Kyiv. Others are more obviously anti Western, like this cartoon published by the Global Times, a daily tabloid under Chinese Communist Party control, titled The True Firestarter. The country's highly censored media space means that opposing viewpoints are muted, and it leaves Chinese citizens with a selective, airbrushed version of the Ukraine story, not that far off the state controlled story, the official one, in Vladimir Putin's Russia.
0: Thanks, Flo. Back to Russia now and what looks like the closing chapter in the story of the country's sole remaining independent television channel. Dojd, known in English as TV Rain, was taken off the airwaves back in 2014 and moved its journalism to YouTube. In 2020 and 2021, when opposition leader Alexei Navalny was poisoned, then arrested, and Russians were taken to the streets, Dojd totaled 1.1 1.1 billion views streamed online. About a month ago, we interviewed one of the channel's hosts, Ekaterina Katrikadze. At the time, she was in Moscow. Ten days later, Russia invaded Ukraine. Since then, Dodged has been banned. Most of its leadership team has fled Russia, leaving a black hole of information behind. What follows are two interviews with Ekaterina Katrikadze, the one before the invasion and one thereafter.
5: could not imagine that it would happen so fast that they would just ruin everything in a couple of days. That they would just, you know,
4: shut down
0: the
5: war with TV TV Rain with Dorst started in 2014, uh, when the popularity of our channel was so high that the government of Russia understood that something should be done. We have millions of viewers, and the journalists and anchors of TV Rain were the most famous people in Russia. Dorst was the only liberal, alive TV channel, discussing things that were banned on other TV stations. We had the whole specter of, of views and opinions The representatives of government were here discussing and sometimes arguing with representatives of opposition, of of liberal views, so after the revolution and then Crimea annexation and then war in Donbas, those became a problem for the government. It really has changed everything in our lives. In Russia, everything was banned. It's a total censorship here in this country. And at some stage, people discovered that YouTube may be used for the political journalism. The issue with YouTube is that the rules of the game are different there. There are not you know, people who can ban something, who can write down banned bad figures that you should not cover, should not interview, or something like that. This is the territory of freedom and people, if they see that, you know, there is something wrong with you, that there is falsehood, there are lies on air, they just don't watch you. This is what happens on YouTube. And this is totally different from anything you can see on, uh, on uh, the traditional classic um, TV channels in Russia. I don't think that they will shut down the YouTube. This is kind of an unbelievable situation. I'm not sure that they can do it. And not because they are afraid of shutting down TV Rain on YouTube or other independent journalists. It's not about that. It's because YouTube is not a platform for us only, right? This is a platform for mothers with kids who watch Masha and the Bear or whatever you like. But they have billions of views. This is different. This is a huge army of people who need YouTube. They cannot just switch it off. Мы продолжаем рассказывать вам о
3: войне в Украине, которая официально российскими властями называется специальной военной операцией. Но пасаран. И нет войне. Точно нет войны.
5: I'm out of country. Uh, We were obliged to leave Russia because of the situation, which was devastating. We have faced military censorship. We have faced serious signals from different people, different sources that we were not safe in Russia anymore. And also me personally and a couple of my colleagues were getting threats from different people, calls, messages, terrible things. Website of TV RAIN was blocked. And to me, this was the final signal final call i was absolutely sure no chance that we would survive in this country so that's why we have left there was no person in russia except vladimir putin who could who could see this was coming so fast we were expecting some kind of problems with youtube some kind of problems with social media because we we, we could see the obvious reality that you know the state media was bombing people with propaganda 24/7 and we were free people working working on youtube saying the truth you know during this period of war uh, we've had 25 million views daily. There are so many people, millions of people, who understand that they need to to see the reality, that they need to see alternative information to understand what's
2: going on. There is no
5: truth in Russia right now. Um, everything is blocked, everything is banned, everything is destroyed. Almost everyone tries to run away. Almost everyone is trying now to find the tickets, and you can see that there, there is a problem of getting out of the country right now, which makes me absolutely crazy because there are some people who I really care about, and they cannot leave this country. We will try our best to work outside of the country. There will be some people inside of it. Of course, there are always brave people who stay there, and um, yeah. I'm I'm hoping for the best, in spite of the fact that this situation is unprecedented. (laughs) Russia has never faced anything like that. YouTube is really very important for us. But we lived without it, you know. There was a life without YouTube. It will be a life without YouTube. And, you know, another thing is that there is always a way to fight these new bans and blocks uh, in internet. We are stronger on internet than the Russian government, this old Soviet-style man who don't even get how it works, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we are more talented and we are more strong than uh, these people. So, we're, we're going to be okay. We don't want to see it as, a, as an end. We want to see it as a temporary slowdown, as a temporary pause, because <laughs> I'm sitting right now in the hall of the hotel, um, and uh, all of my friends and colleagues are sitting in the room chatting and trying to plan what to do, what's going to be next step, how to, how to leave after this catastrophe. And uh, I can see the faces of these people. Um, I can see that they're all big fighters and they're not going to give up. I mean, it's impossible to, to stop these people. They're too brave, they're too smart. These are the people who will make Russia a free and prosperous country again. So I'm sure that something will be done. I'm sure that TV Rain will be back uh, in some kind of form. And I'm sure that it's not the end.
0: And finally, Ukrainians can still get access to sites like Facebook, Twitter and TikTok that have been blocked or crippled in Russia by the Kremlin. And President Zelensky is not the only one making the most of that. Valeria Sheshenok is a TikToker based in the Ukrainian city of Chernyev. She's a young photographer who is using that platform and a knack for dark humor to show what life is like living in a bunker. Millions of views and a couple of interviews with the BBC and CNN later, she has made a name for herself by telling an important story in the simplest of ways. We'll leave you now with some of her videos, and we'll see you next time here at the Listening Post. Uh huh, honey. Close
3: your eyes and let the word paint it down. But they won't flower well, lot like to flowers spring. And I wanna kiss you make you
5: feel all She's not a lesbian for peace she turned pedsbian, push a P, I push
1: a pe A capital P I write he president count president push a P. Portuguese on her knees, mopping down a P. She let me squeeze and she leaves.
2: My mission to show whole world
5: that it's happened now in real life and you can see now war
4: in TikTok.